2: Welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where the only who Horton will be hearing anytime soon is a woohoo, because Talen Sanity ain't slowing down anytime soon. Although, you know, he's unfortunately not literally going to be hearing any of those woohoos from Lakers fans at Staples Center anytime soon either, but growth is growth and litness is litness. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and today, speaking of growth and litness... I couldn't think of any better way to gush about a homegrown Chi-Town native in THT than by bringing on our special Chicago correspondent and longtime friend of the podcast, founder of Lord Palenka's Secret Society, Mr. Ricky Barnes of the Late Night Lake Show podcast. Ricky, what a time. Lakers are 3 and 0 in the preseason. Not even pretending to try. LeBron James and Anthony Davis have played like 10 minutes each and everyone's already forgotten about all the new guys the Lakers have brought in cuz holy shit THT. How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm um. I'm amazing. I am so happy to be back on the Lakers Legacy Podcast. No one does intros like Jonathan. It's uh, you. you are unmatched out here, brother. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we what's there to complain about? You know, we are living la vida loca as uh, fans of the the world champs. And when you know it's it's preseason, right? But it's always good to uh to not try and still win. That kind of it's reassuring. So all is well.
2: Definitely. And by the way, season's greetings to you. Crazy that we're in December and we're almost going to close this year out. So uh, we yeah, made it. It's not...
1: Literally, we survived 2020, dog. Like, I don't think that's an understatement this year.
2: Definitely. Well, you know what? Merchandise business is a booming for you. Do you want to plug anything? I People are going to eventually see this on the YouTube. You're, you're rocking your LNLS merch. Uh, go ahead and plug your Twitter and and your merch and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So, you know, know, as the founder of Lord Palenka's Secret Society, that is obviously the product of the Late Night Late Show podcast. And you can find me, you know, rambling about how great our Los Angeles Lakers are in perfect propaganda fashion, if I say so myself. Um, Anywhere you get your podcast, really, we're on Twitter. Late Night Lakers will usually post the, the show there for everyone but um personally you can follow me at mr ricky spanish um it it gets a little rough in the trenches as a as a follower so just be prepared for nothing but lakers exceptionalism and um calling out the folks that you know take basketball to extremes that don't need to be taken to
2: absolutely well there you go as for us you guys already know catch us on twitter at lakers legacy pod uh, but more than anything else, help us on our new quest to 500 five-star ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcast app. So please take a minute to search us up on your Apple Podcast app and five-star thumb tap away. If you don't use the Apple Podcast app, just rate us highly on whatever app you're using. All right, so in this episode, you know, we might just end up spending the whole time talking about THT, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the plan is right now is first segment, we talk about THT, Maybe we talk a little bit about his partner in crime, most-hated 2.0, Kyle Kuzma. And then, second segment, we might give our impressions on the new guys and how the new-look Lakers look as a whole. But as I mentioned, I first need my cup of THT. Hey. Ricky, I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm about to say some flagrant outlandish things about THT. In this episode. So, you're either going to have to be the neutral anchor that holds me back a bit or the hype man who hops on this train to Hooville with Mr. Horton and never looks back. So, which one will it be?
1: Brother, you already know. Like, I am not, I am, I am a gaslighter to the fullest. So, we are going to get into it. We might just say that he's the best player on the Lakers or the best prospect the Lakers have drafted in over 15 years so you start diving into the trenches about that question maybe we'll get into it later but let's get it man i'm with it
2: oh you stole one of my my hot takes statements but that might not be a hot take statement so tht is averaging 23.2 points eight rebounds 3.3 assists and 2.7 steals a game in three preseason games he's shooting 55 percent from the field hitting five of 11 from three for 45 percent Getting to the line about six times a game, he's hitting 17 of 19 from the stripe. Uh, No wonder we didn't sign an insurance playmaker like Shabazz Napier. No wonder we didn't trade for D-Rose or Oladipo, Schroeder trade notwithstanding. They've got a secret weapon here on their hands with this THT kid. Obviously qualifiers, his usage is immensely high. He has the ball in his hands like 95% of the time. Vogel may as well be Dan Tony the way he's using THT, but it doesn't matter because the kid's producing and he doesn't look as sloppy or wild as I thought he would be or how, how he would look. In fact, he looks very composed and mature. Uh, but with all that said, Ricky, what are your early thoughts on, on THT and your impressions of him thus far? And what's been the most impressive part to you about his game?
1: THT is I mean, you can't be prouder to have, you know, more Chicago players thriving on the Los Angeles Lakers. He's, um, he's, he's the guy that, you know, the Lakers went ahead and paid for once again, right. The, the rights to go ahead and draft him wasn't a huge name that people were focused on until they found out who he was going to be represented by. Right. That's when the the little antennae started to perk up just a bit. But you know, when you keep you keep one of those players in the G League, it's for development, right? And then it almost seems like, okay, is he a overgrown kid in a bunch in a room full of kindergartners? And then he starts going in his spurts spurt uh, minutes last year with the team and especially in the bubble during those little exhibition games, you're like, okay, he he kinda looks like he can hoop a little bit and then you watch him this preseason and I mean how do you not be just over the moon excited about this guy's potential. When we talk about, you know, player stocks and especially young player stock, you want to look at one age, right? You want to look at ceiling and then you want to look at ability, right? THC has the age of the kids that are getting drafted this yep. year. And guess what? Next year too. Like this man is so young. And then when you look at how he is accelerating as far as his growth, in development, I'm listening to the Suns broadcasters yesterday gushing over uh, to Horton Tucker as well. And they were saying, you know, he kind of had the reputation of uh, being a little bit lazier or not that into uh, basketball. He's a little bit chubby. Okay, what 17-year-old <laughs> didn't have a little bit of a motivation issue from time to time? I think, honestly, Jay, this is one of those perfect storms of you take a guy that flew under the radar a little bit had all the ability in the world, then you put him with an organization like the Los Angeles Lakers, and whatever things need to go off in his head where everything's clicking now, all things are firing at the same time. And for LeBron to see it too and be behind him, and now as the Clutch Sports is representing him, I think a lot of people saw it before we saw it, but I'm just so happy we're getting to see it now.
2: Well, you already know that with that story that LeBron James saw him hoop one time at Simeon, told Rich Paul to take a look at him. That people, now that THT is getting the exposure, cries of tampering are going to come out once again. But hey, is that allowed, LeBron? You know, you know that's coming out. Yep. Uh, look, Palinka paid like $3 million to buy this 46 pick from the Orlando Magic, and it was looking like back in that draft after we traded the number four pick away to the New Orleans Pelicans that we weren't going to get a second round pick because people were trading like two future seconds and whatnot. And Plinko was like to hell with it. $3 million. I don't care. Let's get who's this. Dude in. Thank God, man. I mean, you mentioned it. The dude just turned 20 years old. I think November 25th. I think there are, I think he's younger than like 40 players in this draft. The Knicks are going crazy over Obi Toppin, who's like 22. Um, so let's let's land on that statement that you said, first of all, uh, about him potentially being the best prospect the Lakers have drafted in the last decade or maybe 15 years. That's a statement that I was going to come at you with as well. I was going to say, yeah, in the last decade, besides maybe Andrew Bynum, THT may be the best prospect the Lakers have drafted, and that's saying something given their stellar resume the last six years, you know? I'd probably put him up there with Ingram when it comes to the post-Kobe years of drafting. That's how high I am on THT. Having said that, Ingram wasn't doing this stuff at 1920, and THT is more coordinated and knows what to do with his length than Ingram did at his age. If you remember, Ingram's forays into the paint whenever he'd get knocked around, whenever he'd hit those big bodies— it was kind of wild.
1: Thought he'd break but the sometimes. Man. Exactly.
2: <laughs> you know, obviously BI has the height on THT, but THT THT's got the weight and strength to the point where he's not going to get tossed around. In fact, he's tossing people around and looking like a combo of Randall and BI <laughs> fused mm-hmm. into one player, where those wild Randall bully drives that we've seen, if you combine that with the lanky BI finesse and touch. That's THD. He knows how to actually do those scoop-de-doo layups, you know, whirling dervish in the paint, spin moves, galore. It's it's ridiculous. But yes. Julius Randle would be this.
1: a five time uh five time all-star if he had Talon Horton Tucker's arms. Like oh, that is I, the oh, game that, that Julius sure. Randle like trains his life off, like his butt off to achieve to be able Absolutely. to get those angles at the rim. But you hit the nail on the head, bro, when you brought up Andrew Bynum. What was the knock about Bynum when the Lakers drafted him, what, six, He was five, a high schooler. I think was right, he
0: was the last high He was a high
1: schooler, high schooler yeah. and they talked about his motor, and did he love basketball? He went that early in the draft with those considerations still attached to him. The reason why? He was a center. He was a, a, a seven-footer coming out of high school when they were still taking high school players. Fast forward that to today. And you look at THT, checks off all the boxes of immense talent but questionable motor skills. Hell, I mean, if this was 10 years ago, he's a lottery pick just for the simple fact that teams are going to take a chance on the growth development of him. You don't have that opportunity right now because players are going to play at Iowa State, and yes, they may not care as much playing against that type of competition in Iowa State and knowing that they're NBA players and they're just waiting their time to get there.
2: Absolutely. And if he were if high school drafting were still allowed, I think he was like a top two prospect out of Simeon. Someone might've drafted him straight out of high school at that point. Mm -hmm. And in Iowa State, you know, these guys don't get the roles they're anticipating. They have to fit themselves into some sort of system. And not to mention, I mean, THT had a stress fracture in his foot his first year with the Lakers that impeded him from even playing summer league. So you have to take all those things into account. And I think the thing that I kind of hitch my horse to is the fact that, One, we already talked about the age, right? This guy is 20 years old. But the reason why I have such outlier expectations on this kid is because this kid has outlier measurements that we've never seen before. If you're talking about the skill that he has, and then you combine them with at 6'4, he has a seven foot one wingspan. He weighs about 220, I'll say 320, 220, 220 to 230. And he's chiseling that up as well. And then you talk about the hand width. It's Kawhi-like. You put all those two together. And am I outlandish in saying that this dude is kind of like the guard version of Zion in terms of a mishmash of weirdness that you're just like, I've never seen anything like that before. And in space, this dude's pretty explosive as well. And when he cocks that ball back because of his- The half court, lifespan, yeah. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, you know? And so for me, I'm like- Yo, this is like the Zion <laughs> This sounds so ridiculous. This is like the Zion of guards.
1: He's a disruptor. When he gets onto the court, right? You want to see, especially out of young players, what can you do and make an impact to the game when you're not necessarily just explicitly told to put the ball in the basket? THT has been on the floor now with LeBron and AD for this preseason game. What are we seeing him doing? We're seeing him getting up, playing defense. You know, getting deflections. I, you know, what I went to my high school basketball coach was just like, by one of those, you know, buy the books. You play by defense. You're gonna be an amazing defensive team first, right? But um, and his thing was all about rewarding deflections. You count deflections during mm-hmm. the game. He would, TAC would be his wet drink in all honesty, right? <laughs> because how much he can impact the game without just saying, I'm just going to put the ball in the hoop. It makes you realize that he is thinking about basketball beyond just selfish reasons and what's going to accelerate his next big paycheck. He wants to win. He is a winner on the court. And when he is blocking other guard shots thinking that they're going to baby him and he's sitting up there looking at him like are you serious right now that's the type of energy that you need when you're going to be a complimentary role on a winning team
2: yeah man it's it's ridiculous he is a unicorn sort of player much in the way that you know you look at zion you look at the somewhat hefty chunkiness of it all and you're like how does he get up like he does how does he have the skill and agility and speed that he does and with tht The skill, agility, and then also just the pace he plays with is obviously this very like old man crafty sort of game. Where I don't know if it just maybe it's just instinctively how he plays the game, but that is gonna grow well with him. Where you know, you see some players, Kyle Kuzma is a probably a good example, where his mind is going like 150 miles per hour, and you can tell in his game, but THT. A, lo- a large part of it, too, is probably because he just has such a solid base to his body that he always looks grounded. Even when he's dribbling the ball, he's weaving through those pick and rolls and screens, and it just always looks like he's in control and coordinated. I think that's the biggest thing that's going to aid him as he continues to grow. And, you know, I think the one thing that he probably has to improve is, and it's improving rapidly, his, his playmaking ability, right? And finding those guys, I actually think right now it's, it's a product of he just doesn't know how good he is yet. And he doesn't know how much he's breaking down the D that he doesn't realize, oh, that guy's open now, that guy's open, and that guy's open because all three guys collapsed on me. And so as he begins to see like, oh, I am am actually this good, whatever I was doing in the G League is translating over to the NBA, that's when he's going to be more prescient to or actually more perceptive of all those passing lanes and open dudes. So I was thinking about how in past Lakers championship teams – Is there like a template that we can look back to of a player like THT Rising who was able to, you know, bust through that door so much that the coach was just like, all right, I guess it's your time, even though we had slated five to ten minutes for you, you know. And looking at Lakers history's past, I mean, I can really only look at Bynum You know, but those first two years, he was pretty much a red-shirted Bynum, you know? I guess you could say that about THT. His first year was pretty much a redshirt. Um, The bubble was kind of like year two and a half or year one and a half. And then I looked at maybe, I don't know, maybe Trevor Ariza, who kind of the Lakers traded for. He was still very raw, young. And then Luke Walton told Phil, yo, start this kid. He's pretty good started and he was like a key contributor to two championship runs even though the first year he was injured so could we see that type of tht role for him you know i mean vogel's been talking this dude up like crazy to a point where like i if the coach is saying it like i don't know what to do this kid or like jokingly saying i i might have to start this guy i'm more inclined to get on board as well you know what i mean and so do you first do you have any like i don't know templates from lakers championships past of a, a dude like this who was so jarringly good that he made a case for not only a rotation spot but you know being one of those top four or five players on the on a championship contending team
1: yeah so i'm going to say something crazy the, the first thing that comes to my mind is being right it, it went as far mm-hmm. as kobe sat on the bench his first year right and was behind eddie jones in the depth chart then obviously his time to shine was only a matter of time and then as he, they, he continued to develop, right, he broke through and all of a sudden, oh, well, I guess it's time to get rid of Eddie Jones down. So Goby broke through that barrier very quickly back in the age where I was like, all right, Brooke, you just buy your time mm-hmm. for real, for real. Right now, if I want to have a more grounded and realistic view of how uh, THT could impact uh, this team as far as like minutes in role, I'm going to have to go back to another Chicago area standout that helped the Lakers in championship for Shannon Brown. Like Mm. Shannon Mm -hmm. Brown was a pickup when all intents and purposes, right. You know, they liked his energy. They liked his athleticism, but he was kind of just going to be that, you know, energy guy that you didn't really look for. Shannon wasn't known As a three point shooter whatsoever, but all of a sudden he gets with the Lakers. Not only is he being that spark as a dunker, he's being that spark on the defensive end. And I didn't know Shannon could be able to be that disruptive on defense. He's also got extremely long arms and huge hands for his size. And now he's getting these, he's getting playoff minutes. He's, you know, obviously not cracking fifteen or twenty minutes a game, but he has a carved-out role in what yep. he's supposed to do night in and night out. So I gotta think THT if he is going to be a contributor on this playoff team is going to fit somewhere in the minutes range of what Shannon Brown did in that Kobe, uh, uh, Kobe Gasol era.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely with you there in terms of his realistic role in production. I'm gonna wait for this. Uh truck or something to pass by or plane. Um, so I'm definitely with you there in terms of realistic expectations of his role, especially because he's a guard, right? But I think in terms of talent and in the midst of a championship run, for someone to come up out of nowhere, it, to me, it would probably have to be Bynum if we're specifically talking about the Lakers, because year two, Bynum was 19. He started to show some flashes, average 20 minutes a game, 7.8 points. But it was actually year three when he was age 20 when he really busted out. You know, that was the year that, you know, Kobe wanted to get shipped off to Pluto or Mars or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, but this dude Bynum is averaging a double-double all of a sudden. We're we're third in the West before he goes down to a knee injury. The difference here is that THT is not a seven-footer, obviously. And he's a guard and he's going to have to compete with all these other guards and learn the game of defense and whatnot. So I think because of those things... Like you said, he's probably more going to fit that Shannon Brown role if he's able to rise up the ranks. In terms of talent, though, he's probably Andrew Bynum status, you know?
1: Absolutely. Well, one quick question, like also a consideration with that is the Lakers, you know, went ahead and got Dennis Schroeder. Yep, right? exactly. Yeah, a guard that you don't know if he's starting or coming off the bench, right? I can see if they didn't have Dennis Schroeder on the roster, then it's like, All right, THT, time to get in. Let's yep. let's go to work, my brother. It's it's go time. We believe in you. I yep. think there is a little bit of that uh, barrier that Bynum did not have to go to, exactly. right? Who was it? Was it Chris Mim? Right? Yep. Chris Mim <laughs> Look at that to just replace with him. So uh, there's a little bit of that glass ceiling that's going to naturally restrict yep. his minutes but talent oh yeah we it's time to unleash the dog on these folks when yeah. you know when you need to
2: so i'm going to play a little bit of in in a different universe let's say he didn't have these guard prospects in front of him that the lakers kind of have to massage their egos with i found a comp for him actually let's say he was unimpeded like bynum was there's a player from another team another championship team that he could Could have been this year had those barriers not been in place. And it's a a former Laker now and on a team that is the Lakers' number one rival. And I'm talking about Rajon Rondo of the Celtics because if you remember in his second year, the dude won a championship and he was essentially, there was the big three of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen— and they kind of gave the keys to this kid after year one. They were pretty high on him in the draft. I think they got him from Phoenix or whatever. But this was just his second year, you know. But yeah. they knew and believed in the talent of this kid. And he was able to reign those big three in and be the floor general. And obviously, he has a way different game than THT. But in terms of the impact he was able to provide in just his second year and being, being a pivotal part to that team winning a championship. And look, he only averaged like 10 points and 5 assists, and 10 points and six assists in the playoffs. But I could have seen foreseen a scenario where we didn't have any other guys on this roster and Tht's here. Can he be like the third or fourth guy next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis? His mm-hmm. talent tells me yes. Can he have like a Tyler Hero-like breakout year? His talent tells me yes. It's just the circumstances with which he's coming into with all of these guards in front of him, specifically a guy that the Lakers just traded for in Dennis Schroeder... It's because of those things that we likely won't see that, but it may pay off for us better in the long run because Thg gets to freaking learn from LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Jason Kidd's his coach, an assistant coach. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, the term
1: I, fall forward, right? They, like, yeah. no matter they're putting the Lakers are putting Thg in a position that even if he like quote unquote fails, he's surrounded by the best support system in the league. Right. So he, there is no like, you know, the accountability standpoint right now is low for THC. They're just saying, Hey, go out and hoop. Isn't that what LeBron told them as they were going into the bubble? Like, we'll correct, we'll, we'll cover up for your mistake. Just go and ball out. Right. And then it would be interesting if we, again, in this alternate universe where that turned from, you know, ball out, we'll cover your mistakes to, hey, you're our lead guard, right? This is your role that we need you to play. The Lakers are playing still a little bit of musical chairs with uh, Schroeder and Matthews and KCP to figure out who are the two to three guards that are going to start alongside LeBron James. Whoever it is, right, their role in that starting lineup gets really defined, right? Like, that's just how it kind of works when you're out there on the court with the king, right? And then who else is eating, Ad right so your what you can do what you can show off hell the Kyle Kuzma example right it kind of gets you know a little bit more boxed in mm-hmm. he uh, you know uh, chd just absolutely gets to roam like a, a, a free range deer. And has no worries about, hey, I'm gonna cross this guy over, right? I'm gonna do one of my little reverses. Hell, I'm gonna pick up Kawhi three fourths court. I'm gonna strip him, and then I'm gonna do uh, you know a corner three on the other end in transition because I can right now. Again, mm-hmm. it's the preseason, right? But the level of accountability is is in a place where he can just be free, and then I'm envious of being you know in that place too. I Absolutely.
2: And that's a good point because he's allowed to be free, but he knows on a team like this, as opposed to if he were on like the young core team of past Lakers, he knows. Put him on the Magic. Sti- Just put yeah, him on exactly. the Magic
1: and swap him out with um with uh, with the number one pick a couple of years ago. Uh, I forget it, Markel Fultz, right? Yeah. Just put CAC in that responsibility. What does he look like? Is he leading the team like if we points? and you know assists and steals like well that's the kind of level of talent that we are realizing right now yeah. that this boy could have actually been a lottery pick and have been at the forefront like of a team's rebuild too bad for them we get to let him develop the the, the right way
2: yeah and as i think what's most surprising to me is the fact that he has free reign right now in the preseason but you can tell it's more refined than anything we've ever seen from when D'Angelo first started out, when Randall first started out, when BI first started out, when Zoe first started out. Why? Because he knows even with the free reign, he's on a team where they expect him to do things right, and everybody's watching him. So he he has the keys, but he has to do it in a way where it's also... he, He spent that first year redshirting in the G League, he understood his talent... And in I- Iowa State, he knew he was talented as well. He was kind of, I think, a large part of why he was knocked in the draft was his decision-making, bad shot selection, etc. Coming into the Lakers, that stuff is not acceptable. And so, yes, explore your talent. And he's not shy about anything still. But for whatever reason, again, maybe it's just because his game is just naturally, the pace is naturally slowed down. He just plays very methodically. But outside of that, I just feel like, His experience year one with the Lakers and then year two, knowing that they're a championship contending team has to be weighing on him mentally to let him know I have free reign, but I got to play the right way if I actually want to roll. And, you know, we'll add the qualifiers now that whatever we're seeing from THT here, barring the random back-to-back nights where both AD and LeBron sit, he's not going to be playing with the ball in his hands the way he is right now. Largely, And so we're going to have to see another form and version of THT where it looks a lot more like, I guess, Kyle Kuzma on his best day where he's like literally roaming the perimeter and cutting and whatnot. Can THT still be effective in that manner? I think he can be. Um, but right now we're seeing, you know, the most optimal version of THT with the ball in his hands. And we're just going to have to kind of lower, not lower our expectations of him, but lower our expectations of the situation because, in the best case scenario, if he's playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, he ain't going to have the ball in his hands. So how does THT look then? So it's going to be interesting to see, but as Frank Vogel has come to realize, as LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma have come to realize there's no stopping this kid and we can't get in the way of his development. So we're going to give him some run this season. And what a perfect season to do that in our quote unquote load management season, potentially. Um, but yeah i'm just so excited about this kid i'm gonna take it to break when we come back we're gonna keep talking about tht because i want to talk comps and i got an interesting one that uh after doing some tape work i was able to come up with that i don't think i've heard anybody else bring up but i'll also ask you what sort of comps you have for tht and we can talk about the low end version or the super high 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 end so we'll take it to break first and when we return more tht all right so we are back um so what is the, the I guess, the low-end version of THT, which right now this seems to be the low-end, which is already incredible to think about. Um, do you have like a baseline, you know, level expectation for THT even at, at this rate?
1: Right now, I, THT at this acceleration that he's at, you know, without the shooting, he, he would have a, a Eric Gordon-type career, right? <clears throat> he would have, I think he would have multiple you know, stop, you know, the teams would be high on his, you know, his upside. I think he would go ahead and grab a, a nice size contract from a team that was struggling. Right. And then make his rounds to, you know, help out other franchises during his career. Right. So I think Eric Gordon has a similar mold in how he attacks the rim. He's a weird, he's a weird kind of like, you know, contact finisher, where he's trying to find angles and even anticipating angles where bouncing off of bodies to get a basket. I think he will eventually, you know, end up surpassing EG as an all time, you know, player where he ranks all time is way too early for any of that Mm -hmm. conversation. Right. But I that that would probably be my my low end ranking. Um, you'll have to tell me your low end because I'm going to need to to simmer on that high end so I don't say anything too crazy.
2: Oh, we can go crazy. But I guess in terms of low end, and to be clear, Eric Gordon was always a really good three-point shooter, which even, you know, THT is not. But I think you hit a a good point in terms of the real determining factor of how high THT's ceiling is going to be is going to fall on that jump shot, that mid-range jump shot and that three-point shot because the kid has got handles for days. He's got that ball and a string with his long-ass arms, and he knows how to protect it because he's bulky. And guys don't know how to defend this dude. And not only is he bulky and has got handles, but again... He's just so grounded whenever he slithers into the paint. And if he has defenders in front of him, he'll just calmly lower his shoulder and move them out of the way. I kind of like that he does it in a non-abrasive way where Randall goes in and it's just like bing bong, bing bong. And like with THD, it's almost like a smooth sort of poetry where it's going in slow motion to the point where he's able to clear the way, clear guys out, but the refs aren't going to call an offensive foul because he does it in such a... He's almost making his reverse move already and trying, clearing the way while also pivoting away from the defender as well. And I think that's why you're seeing him not only not get the offensive foul, but also get the foul call on his behalf, which is, this kid is 20. He's pretty much 19. The fact that he can do this right now is insane, man. And so...
1: It's okay. back to those arms. It's back to those yes. arms, honestly. I, I know we keep bringing up Randall, and he might have should have been my low end comp, honestly. But when you talk about creating contact in space and those types of players, both Randall and THT get into the body, make space best way they can. Because Randall is limited in his wingspan, yep. he's making that space with his with his yep. shoulders and his elbows, right? THT is doing it with his arms you know how long a seven foot one wingspan is and can you imagine that behind somebody that is swailing them around <laughs> trying to make them move those things hurt there's a reason why people get out yes. of James Harden's way when yep. tracking through the basket so two different like same style of player for contact around the basket but I just love how they have they're using what God blessed them with to get to the to the rim.
2: That's why I said you put BI's arms on Randall and what kind of player do you have, you know? So I guess my low end comp for THT would probably be a former Laker or former Lakers that we've seen in the past, one from last year, Dion Waiters with a longer wingspan. And Dion Waiters in his prime was a bucket getter. And yep. he mesmerized this a couple of times in the bubble as well. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't, his defense wasn't up to par. And if THT's defense is as lax as that, then... He may not get the opportunity his talent says he deserves, you know. Um, Or I guess another comp would be Jordan Clarkson. And we've seen Jordan Clarkson actually grow as a player, uh, especially in Utah. Jordan Clarkson does not have the physical abilities that um, THT does, um, but he's found a way to be effective and really own his role as that microwave scorer off the bench. So I could see THT being that guy. And the fact that I'm talking about a floor of Jordan Clarkson, who's getting paid like, Another twelve to thirteen million dollars a year to play for a playoff contender—that's ridiculous. That that can be your floor. I mean, you brought up Eric Gordon, who's even better than Jordan Clarkson, but we're this is our low end versions of him, right? And we're gonna sound like homers, but again, I don't think so because you're looking at outlier measurements in a player that you've never seen before at this guard position. In fact, when you're making comps, you have to you have to do fusions of players because there's we haven't seen a player like THT. Um, mm-hmm. So let's like slither into the high end comps and I actually have two but so there's this former MVP player who was playing off the bench for eventually a finals contender mm-hmm. um, Do you know who I'm talking about? He during I, his
1: Oh who you're talking about? During yeah, his rookie
2: season. <laughs> during his rookie season, guess how old he was?
1: Oh, 19? 20?
2: He was 20 years old. He averaged 9.9 points on 40% field goal shooting in 22 minutes off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder.
0: Mm.
2: I'm talking about, of course, James Harden. Uh, Not a popular name around these parts these days, but uh, you know, in his prime, James Harden, I mean, looking at his trajectory, and just looking at the fact that his rookie year, he was 20 years old. And only shot 40% from the field why if we're seeing what THT is doing at his efficiency rate not saying he's always going to be shooting 55% from the field but why can't we project out something similar to a James Harden. Nothing's impossible. I mean, it's likely not going to happen. because of his
1: draft position. It's it's literally only because of his draft position. If THC was the number three overall pick going into this year and somehow the Lakers pulled a Tim Duncan Spurs move where they were just awful the year before but still had a championship team, and then he came in and he did this, people would be like, oh, yeah, because he was so high and he was killing it at Iowa State, right? No, it's because he went uh, the late 40s Right, was bought for cash, wasn't expected anything out of him, and now he's killing the world, and now everybody's like, I don't know where to put him. Could he be this good? What do your eyeballs tell you? Is he a transformative player? Have you seen somebody like him at his position with his uh, physical abilities? If the answer is no, don't put a limit on where this boy can touch. If we want to say he can be a poor man's James Harden without the three-point shot and the three-point accuracy, okay, want to know why? That's what the MVP looks like
2: right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, James Harden, measurement-wise, he's 6'4", 6'5". He's got a 6'11 wingspan. That's pretty impressive for a guy at that height. And Horton Tucker has a... (laughs) Has a longer wingspan than even James Harden. You know, we, we talk about Eric Gordon and he, he has sort of like the heftiness sort of that uh, THT has, but he only had a 6'9 wingspan. So THT has about four inches of wingspan on Eric Gordon and two inches of wingspan on Harden. So like you mentioned, if we're comparing the twos games, Harden does that. I mean, his THT's handles are not as advanced as Harden's in terms of the not way that... yet Not yet. You know, the way that Harden knows how to yo-yo the ball at the speed of light, you know, between his legs, THD doesn't have that yet. But in terms of the way he slithers into the lane and weaves in and out of defenders and screens, it is very James Harden-like. And the way that James Harden... I mean, THD has a pretty sick step back right now. You um, that's Very reminiscent to Harden's. And we've seen in the moments where he's able to hit that three-point shot, if that becomes a consistent part of his game whether it's from the mid-range or three-point land, that is very Hardenesque. And I think just the way that he's able to even draw fouls right now is very reminiscent of James. And again, because of that long wingspan, he's able to throw up these scoop-de-doo layups, and he's so creative with his finishes. And the better he gets at understanding angles and just what the refs are going to call, what they're not going to call... The dude's shooting 17 of 19 from the from the stripe right now. I, I mean, <laughs> who does that
1: remind you of, Mr. Mr. James Harden? Does Thd have the uh, drawing foul, you know, IQ level of Harden yet? No, not yet. James Harden wasn't you know baiting players since day one he came into the league. Again, let's put let's just break Thd down from what your eyeballs are telling you. This man is you know a elite player I get into the basket right now from what he is showing, right? All right. Who else else in the league fits into that category? Who are the greatest players that get to the basket, right? James Harden somewhere at the top of that list, right? Mm -hmm. Who is showing that he has the ball on a string and knows how to break a player down and apparently is developing a nice little step back three. Okay, okay. Who else? Who else does that? Who else has a nice step back three and keeps players on a yo-yo? Okay. James Harden is towards the top of that list, too. Mm -hmm. Who else is a little... Healthy in the body, right? Ain't worried about having no six pack ab routine and just wants to use that body to get into other players' body and get to the basket. Okay, who is it? It's James Harden! Like, I love. I love when people deny what their eyes are telling them because their brain is telling them there's no way somebody could fit this mold at this point in time. James Harden was not James Harden that you see today that he was when he came out of Arizona State. The money that he had back then was not supporting his strip club addiction now. Different players, different development, different career arcs, but if you fit in the bucket and if it looks like a fade, play it, brother, and get your (laughs) suit.
2: Well, absolutely, because as I mentioned, year one, James Harden, 20 years old, 9 points on 40% field goal shooting. You don't think THT can do that with 22 minutes? I think he can, and I think he can be more efficient than that. So, here is the twist, because I actually think I have a better comp than James Harden. Uh, It's going to require a little bit of mental gymnastics, because it's not apples to apples, obviously. But there is this player. He's more of a forward, though. He's pretty hated <laughs> amongst basketball circles as well uh, but but if we think of him about him in his prime he is a former I believe he's a former Finals MVP he has won a championship he has played in Los Angeles but he's more famously known for playing against the Lakers number one rival uh, in the Boston Celtics I'm talking about a six-7 dude with a seven foot three wingspan and I'm talking about Mr. Paul Pierce. Why am I talking about Paul Pierce? Obviously, you look at them and you compare their body structure, not similar at all, but let's talk about Paul Pierce being, you know, three inches shorter. I, I didn't realize that Paul Pierce's wingspan to height differential was about eight inches, which is ridiculous, 6'7 seven to 7'3. Seven, THT's wingspan to height differential is nine inches, 6'4 to seven, one. But above all that, if I'm talking about THT being a shorter version, shorter, more heftier version of Paul Pierce, both of them, especially Paul Pierce in his prime, have this methodical, crafty game where they're able to weave in and out, step backs galore, impeccable dribbling and footwork. Uh, they're more mesmerizing and hypnotic than like dynamically flashy or explosive, like a Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Derek Rose, or even a Kyrie Irving. But the way that they're able to plant their feet on the ground, use their dribbles, keeping the dribble alive, first of all, and then if it's not working out for them driving-wise, they just take that step-back shot and hit it? That that was Paul Pierce in his prime, and we've seen Taylor Ward and Tucker in this preseason show some of those flashes of being able to get straight to the hoop, scoop de do it up, reverse style, or step-back mid-range J, money, step-back three-point shot, money, And, you know, looking at Paul Pierce's prime tape, you'll see so many shots of him going into the lane, and he's not the most explosive player, obviously, especially verticality-wise, but the way he gets his shots, reverse layup, ridiculous reverse layup, scoop-de-doo layup over three defenders. It's just this very crafty sort of old-man game that he had that reminds me so much of THT. And for the both of them, you put them in space and all of a sudden, oh my God, they can dunk like that? I mean, Paul Pierce had some nasty poster jams in his prime as well, where it's like they're athletic, but they don't show it in a very abrasive way, the way that you're used to seeing from John ja Morant, Russell Westbrook, etc. They, they, they pull it out out of nowhere when there's space and when there's an opportune time to uh, poster jam on someone's uh, face. So that is my new adapted Comp for Tht, a shorter version of Paul Pierce. Um, and again, like I said, because of his skills now, because he's he's able to plant his feet well, and because he's ground bound, and he has that strength. Combine all that together, he never looks uncomfortable or out of position on the floor. He gets to his spots when he wants to, and he can finish comfortably because he's usually the one seeking out the contact. Uh, rubbing up against his defender and he's able to regain his, ba- his his version of balance and centering whenever he is ready to flip that shot up and then you combine the wingspan and this is what you get so so those are my high-end comps for THD James Harden or a smaller Paul Pierce man
1: yeah, I kind of wish we just cut this segment about four minutes short. Now we got to talk about Paul Pierce. Good Lord. my <laughs> We can calling. cut it here now, but. No, no, it's fine. I'm going to use this time to uh, give to get a couple seconds of slander out. Um, it's just so interesting that Paul Pierce is back in the news for us again. Lamar Jackson went to the locker room for his cramps and yeah. stuff and he even came out and said, hey, hey, I wasn't in the bathroom. I didn't pull up Paul Pierce. There is nothing more that you know grinds my gears when I hear that man's name than that whole I had to take a poop during the NBA Finals and coming back like I'm Willis Reed uh, to knock down some big shot for the team. Good Lord! I mean, the fact that we are even equating you know the the chosen one, the 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 boy who was birthed from the depths of Lakers Nation, picked and crowned from the King himself to be the next star of the franchise to join ad into the land of milk and honey you have now tainted him jonathan with he who shall not be named like i just i'm a little bit beside myself if we want to talk about from a basketball standpoint my brother you make excellent points i will say that so i will not you know tarnish that but to say that THT reminds you of Batman, i'm beside myself guess what they're tied for nba championships in case he got Finals MVP, they are. I'd they say. are,
2: and trust me, I did not expect myself to be the one to bring Paul Pierce's name back into the shadows and put it under a glowing light. But here we are. <laughs> THT, man, what can you say? I've now compared him to Rajon Rondo and Paul Pierce, two former Boston Celtics. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Forgive me, everybody, but I swear to you, I think I'll probably cut up tape showing you just side by sides of what Paul Pierce used to do in his prime and THT, what he's doing now. It's it's almost uncanny. Um, but all Let's that to say
1: Disclaimer before,
2: uh, absolutely all that to say, THT, my God, what, what an exciting time. Um, we're going to end it here. I guess we just did only talk about THT. I don't think anybody's going to mind. Uh, the Lakers are looking hella good. And I don't know, man, what a, what a great way to close off 2020 and otherwise, Ridiculous year filled with uh, atrocities and trauma and whatnot. And thank God for the Lakers and the purple and gold. So, Ricky, thank you for joining me, my man. Um, we'll have to get you back on again to actually talk about the rest of this team. I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker, Talon Sanity just taken over everywhere. Um, but you must be feeling good, man. Town in the news in such huge ways, not only because of Anthony Davis, but because of Talon Horton Tucker. Go ahead. Last words to you.
1: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, as always, brother. It's always great to come on and, uh you know, me, sharing your platform with your fan base. You know, it's always an honor to chop it up with you. But uh, first of all, Simeon High School stand-up, uh, again, just a factory of just elite basketball talent. My goodness, is it getting just blinding about how many great players come from that wonderful institute on <laughs> in the south side of Chicago. But, I mean, the only thing that I would request from Lakers fans, as we continue and in go into this year, and have tht sanity, I'm already starting to see a few of y'all say he's the greatest prospect to come out of the city of Chicago. And I know y'all are trolling. Please don't tag me in that. I'm not trying to see that. I know you guys just want to get under the skin, but he's amazing. Don't disrespect the Chicago God, Derrick Rose. But man, well, who knows? Let's talk in five years and see where, what kind of conversation it's at then.
2: And hopefully in five years, we've got a dynamic duo of Anthony Davis and Taylor Horton Tucker, and what a time that will be. Um, the, the, the number two guy, number three guy we were looking for, we were looking to trade for, it's right here with us, homegrown. What a Lakers story. You know, all this time we've been thinking about, oh, it kind of doesn't feel like the Lakers because we kind of just got LeBron James out of nowhere traded for Anthony Davis. Are these really our guys? And what if THT, a homegrown talent? Yeah, you can say clutch, clutch, whatever, what if he becomes our next star? What a story that would be, especially in the wake of you know losing Kobe Bryant and whatnot. To have a feel-good story like this, to have a guy that we drafted once again rise from the ashes and become a star—what a time! But first, let's focus on him being a contributing role player on a championship team, trying to go back to back. And we will take that from Tht. Sky's the limit. You
1: stand in Brown first, and then we'll we'll go from there. We'll start <laughs> exactly. at Shannon Brown and work our way up.
2: There we go. All right, Ricky, thanks for hopping on, and we will definitely catch you later, man.
1: Absolutely, brother. Anytime.
2: Later.